Welcome back, folks, to the Bellied Up Podcast. We're here in Fargo at the VFW once again. Charlie, I'm sitting in front of the Space Force. I always wanted to be part of the Space Force, Miles. I wonder if I get a shot. I mean, you're already a space cadet, so... I am a... Yeah, I'm already out there. You know, (laughs) you you think of all the money we're spending, you know, we should be putting it, you know, out there in space, you know, because... uh, I tell you what, man. We should be putting what out in space? Well, you know, if we're part of the simulation, I think someone's going to come back in to check on their little Petri dish, and that's us. And I think we should be ready. You know, like, you know how we're afraid of robots, like, going after us? We should be ready to go after the people who made us. So you're saying that beyond our galaxy is outside of the simulation. Yeah. I mean, they created our galaxy. That was the big bang. Like two guys playing this really complicated video game and they're like Sims right there, but they call it earth, you know, and now they're, they're looking at us and see if I had to bet though, the simulation is the entire universe could be, could be, but that's where Santa Claus comes from. He sees you when he's sleeping. He knows when you're awake. That's these guys. They got these telescopes that can see through walls. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, little uh, look into how Charlie views the world. Well, I'm not viewing the world. Those guys are. Okay. He's very yeah. true. Yeah. Um, so Charlie. Anyway, Miles, where do we go from here? I would say um, what I want to talk to you today is a little bit about potlucks. Oh, that's a I good like topic. I like myself a good potluck. What do you think? I, you know, listen, if you get the invite to the potluck, that's a lot of pressure because what do you bring? Well, that was going to be my luck. question is, Charlie, if you're bringing something to a potluck, what are you bringing? I got to be honest with you, Miles. I'm going to cop out and say I'll bring the beer. Hmm. I got to I got and I know it's a cop out because it's that's not part of the potluck. Everybody knows you got to bring something else. So I might I would I, I'm probably going to go to the grocer and pick up um, some that looks tasty, come back home, put it in my own Tupperware, and then pretend like I Very made it. Very smart. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I am going to bring whatever Ann decides we're going to bring. See, that's, that's more I of a cop made, out than me. I haven't made a decision on a potluck in a while now. Are you good at cooking, Miles? Um, I'm right in the middle. What can you cook? Like, I understand that we need to put spices and do sauces and how some ingredients work together. Sure. But I'm not doing anything crazy. What was the last thing you cooked? Uh, Salmon last night. Good for you. A little coarse salt on the top is about all it needs. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that little peppering. That's good. Good for you, man. I like that. Little cucumbers and garlic. Oh, try that. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, benefits of cucumbers taste like garlic, you know? Is that what I try and do is put a lot of garlic on my stuff. Yeah, that's nice. Ann must love that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of teeth brushing after dinner, you know? Yeah. Um. Now, I would say, what is your favorite? You're maybe not bringing it, but what's your favorite food at a potluck? Because I got mine in my head. So... I really, I'm a, I'm a desserts guy. I will get after like, 
the scotcheroos i'll get after you know special k bars whatever i don't know where you fall on that argument i forget i'm a i'm a scotcheroo guy. okay that's right um and also like dream bars and they got the cookies there and uh i lo- someone once brought a bunch of pre-made s'mores to a potluck like pre- i mean custom primo s'mores now they weren't warm which kind of defeats the purpose but it was they made like cookies like it all stuck together i don't know how they did they must have put a little like uh that spray glue on it to get it to stick good and mm, it was tasty uh what's yours I would say I like a crock pot full of meatballs and it's mm. the, what, what what kind of sauce you know like the what, the same sauce goes on the little weenies yeah what oh, is the, that sauce yeah that it's um no it's uh not cocktail it's cocktail sauce is it's it? it's the same sauce they put on shrimp it's like right? barbecue it's like barbecue cocktail sauce barbecue thing. cocktail mixture yeah yeah. Whatever it is, I love it. You know what? I, I and I love it when they give you toothpicks to get them out of there too. I I kind of want to change my answer to that. That's how much <laughs> I like that answer. I I kind of forgot about that sauce until you just brought it up, which means I have not been to a proper potluck in a long, long time, maybe months. So anyway, I'm glad that we had that, Miles. I'm glad we. This, this is why I like just getting together with you. Is I think about things I haven't thought about in a while. That's good, Charlie. Well, that being said, should we have an audio potluck with some callers? I would love that. I'll bring the beer, and I'll bring the questions. I love it. Let's take some callers. Welcome to the Bellied Up Podcast. Who do we have the pleasure of chit chatting with today? Hi, this is Janie. Hi, Janie. Sorry, I was just, uh, my kids are home for school for snow day. I was making them lunch. Oh, what'd you make them? I'm going to run away for a second. <laughs> you make we were them? having snacks for lunch, everyone's favorite. Got some beef sticks, oh. some cheese, a little, uh, apple slices. Yeah, a little uh, kid charcuterie board is what it sounds like. Yeah, it's like a DIY lunchable. Nah, I like it. So elevated. That's great. Well, why don't you belly up to the bar with us? Tell us what's on your mind, Janie. All right. So I was calling because I, God bless him, love my husband. But uh, we have been having some problems discussing whether or not he is a good driver. And he is very particular and feels like he's uh, doing everything by the book, like very textbook, like would pass the DMV test every time. But so that kind of makes him feel like he's better than everybody else. And so every time we're in the car, he's always making these kind of offhanded comments about, oh, these drivers, these, the drivers in Sioux Falls are terrible and uh, all this kind of stuff. So I'm not really sure how to talk to him about it without losing his ego or, you know, making it kind of an issue. <laughs> so I just kind of wanted to get your guys' opinions about how to broach the subject. Well, we all know a guy like this. Yeah, you are not miles? alone. Yeah. What, what should we call these guys? Is there a name we can call these guys, Miles? 
We'll find it if we'll we find, don't have we'll it. We'll find now. it along the way. Miles, set this up. Lay the, lay the groundwork for this. Okay. So mm. your husband thinks he's a great driver, thinks everyone else is a bad driver. What about what he does when he's driving that you think is annoying slash what you think a lot of these guys are doing? So, and I, you know, he does, there is some merit to some of the stuff that he gets frustrated about. Um, I don't know why, and specifically in Sioux Falls, there's a lot of left-hand drivers. Um, it seems like everybody likes to really just go to the exact speed limit in the left-hand lane. So that would be a good situation where he'll just like, Zoom up really, almost not you won't tailgate. You'll get real close, just outside of tailgating, and then whip around them really fast, and then get right back in front of them, and not necessarily cut them off, but but pretty much cut them off. Does he tap on the brakes uh, just to scotch? Just to, does he zoom in? Zoom. He has definitely done that. Mm-hmm. So okay. uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you said so. that he thinks he could pass the DMV p- test every single time. I don't think the DMV wants you zooming up and zooming around people all the time. I, I will agree with you on that. Okay. So he's so uh, another thing is like the, um, the, so the, the left-hand drivers and the lack of zipper merging in Sioux Falls is probably our biggest hot point. You know, like in the summertime when there's lots of construction down to the single lane, like nobody here zipper merges. So everybody's getting over super early. And so he'll go to the end or, you know, to the merge point and then just, you know, get over. And that also, you know, does upset local folk here. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so I'll explain yeah. what's going on. Do you know what zipper merging is, Charlie? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I lived in L.A. for a little bit. That's the only way you were going to get off. the yes. 405. Um. So for those who don't know what zipper merging is, basically, you are supposed to stay in two lanes as long as you possibly can. And then at the last moment, you go every other car and basically one after another merges. That is not how the world works. I hate to say it. I I know that that is the way that it's supposed to be, but it is would not be very Midwest of drivers to be... Uh, basically going all the way to the front of the line instead of getting in line. Do you know what I'm saying? Exactly. A Midwesterner is going to want to move over, even though it may take them longer, even though it may slow down the flow of traffic. They, there is this anxiety of not wanting to upset anyone when you get to you, cause you're getting close to the point of no return at the split of that exit. And then if you get there, that's so much anxiety. You might have to be very rude to somebody and cut somebody off at the end. That's enough anxiety to get people merging over way earlier than they should. Yeah. You want to, you want to cut some, someone off way before you need to so that they don't get offended. Exactly. Now, the way your husband is doing it is he is just bolting down there. And and then at the last possible moment, he's like, oh, they're moving. Let me guess. He's got a big truck. Uh, we, we have a, an expedition. It's older. Yeah, um, that. and then we also have, we both work from home. So we share, we just run a rotate. We have the going around town car and then the, the road trip hauler. Uh, so the expedition is more of the road tripper. So a lot of this stuff does happen on the road trips. Cause you know, if it's 14 hours or less, we're driving. So what others, that is 
What other? Also, what are some of the stuff that he says about other drivers? Uh, that they don't know what they're doing, that they're dumb, that they're just terrible drivers is usually what what we say to the point where my six year old son has picked up on this and he'll be in the back seat when it's just me and him driving, like when I'm picking him up from school. And he'll, you know, we'll get to a stoplight or something and my son in front of the back seat will just go, Oh, these Sioux Falls drivers, they're just terrible. They're just the worst. <laughs> I'm like, oh, why aren't they going? They need to turn. I'm like, because it's a red light, buddy. There's nowhere we can go. Okay. So, I, th- you know. I think I found where you're in here to change your husband's habits. Because uh, I have a feeling that, you know, you just telling him what to do on this is going to probably open up a can of worms in the marriage. And it's, you know, may not be the most effective, may not be the quickest way. But if you say that we have to do this for our son, maybe that's a different avenue. Does your husband ever swear when he uh, is driving? Oh, he's pretty good about not. We actually, kind of a small funny story is one of our many road trips, uh, he was trying not to swear. And it, it was, you know, one of those situations that uh, the person in front of him was going too slow or maybe, uh, you know, maybe someone in front of him cut him off to a certain point. And uh, instead of swearing, he said, holy bucket. And my son thought that his three or four of the times thought that was very funny and started to. But instead of saying holy buckets, my son started saying something that rhymed with it. Holy fuckets? <laughs> On her Is that what he said? He said, yeah, that's exactly what he said. <laughs> and it was in this little three or four year old voice. And he was like, holy fuckets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so even our best attempts at not swearing uh, have maybe not always gone as planned. But um, he does tend to keep it PG. So that's good. I mean, I was going to say, use your son as a reason for him to chill out. You know, like, like, uh, what's your son's name? No, he's proud that his son talks. I, I like know, that. I know. That's not going to work. Well, either. I know it's <laughs> not going to work, but you know, it's it's almost like you're saying it's transcending into other areas. Like, it might you, also be part of his DNA that he passed on. You yeah, know, it might be yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, as as the mom and the wife, that's kind of where I'm seeing where it. Maybe that's some of the advice I wanted to get from you guys is, you know, not necessarily. Uh, oh, maybe you can't change old habits, but maybe preventing new ones from forming. Now, I do have one. Uh, I do have one suggestion to maybe help with your husband's attitude. He thinks that he's the best driver, but it sounds like he's not always following the rules of the road. He's following the rules that he thinks should be on the road. And what you could do is you could, every time you're riding in the car with them, you're going to need a clipboard, you're going to need a piece of paper, and you're going to need a pen. And every single time he violates one of the rules of the road that he thinks isn't that big of a deal, you mark them down. And then after about a month of doing this, you're going to have a whole list of evidence of why maybe he should knock himself down a notch because he's not the best driver out there. Oh, I, I like that idea. Maybe I can get my uh, my son on board with this. He likes to like help out, make lists. Oh yeah, yep. Teach him arithmetic, adding up all of the violations, stuff like that. It's a, now a family exercise. I like that idea, Miles. Um, <laughs> can I ask you, Jamie? Is your husband a tall man? Uh, I would 
say he's average height. <laughs> how yeah, how tall how tall is he? But I would say six feet. See, he's six foot. So you know what you can say whenever he's like getting mad at the road, you can you can like you can kind of turn it on him a little bit. Like, you know, you're acting like a guy who's five foot eleven right now. Oh, you know, that would definitely get under. His like skin. He, he's he's got a little whenever you get mad at another driver consistently, you got a scotch of a Napoleon complex you're dealing with. <laughs> you think you're better than everyone. You're unleashing some stress from your life where you can't be the bigger person and you put it in the comfort of your own car where you can be the biggest guy in the room so just say you know you're acting like a guy who's five foot ten right now and then keep lowering the uh height and no offense to anyone who's five ten but you know I your know, husband will be offended you know what i like to do what's that is if someone because there's nothing more uncomfortable than being a passenger with someone with road rage right it's kind of like a God, I don't think that that's that big of a deal. You know, it's kind of in your head. But then when you have road rage, you feel totally justified. And I think a good thing you could try out is let's say someone in his mind cut him off. Let's just say what you need to present to him is go. Yeah, they're probably having a rough day. They're probably their grandma probably died. And then he's going to instantly be like, well, I can't get mad at someone who's possibly had their grandma died or they just got fired from their job. They worked at for 20 years. They're just maybe having a bad day. And I think that's another great one. Now, if your husband takes the opposite response than what Miles think, like if you're like, oh, your grandma might have died and your husband goes, well, good, because if she wasn't, I'd kill her myself. You know, if he does that, (laughs) what you then have to do is a mirroring exercise. You want to mirror him. So you want to be twice as loud as him in the deal. He's going to think you you're basically going to show him how ridiculous he sounds. And then you're going to have him telling you to chill out. So almost if you get twice as mad as him or frankly, just as mad at him, he'll see how freaking annoying it is. Because when you're mad, you're not thinking about that. But when someone else is mad, it's annoying as hell. Yeah, I think that's a great if all this fails, you need to be the one with more road rage more often to get him to realize it. Yeah, Charlie, what we want is your husband calling this podcast saying, you know, my wife, Jamie, she just won't chill out in the passenger seat. It's driving me nuts. What do we do? And then we'll tell him the exact same advice. And you guys just keep calling in until there's no roof left on your car. You got a convertible because you've blown your top so many times. I mean, I have been looking at an Audi KT, so this is a good strategy. Okay. Your husband's going to be pissed at us for suggesting to buy this convertible. (laughs) Um, He's the one who wants it. I'm the the one of reason over here. Do you think you got it in you to lose your mind a few times over the the minor inconveniences? You know, I do have a three year old and a six year old, so I am pretty good at holding all of that in. I can just let it maybe build, build, build. Yes. And instead of letting it on the children, I could let it out on 
on the yeah. road rage. I want you this in could, that. This could be like cheap therapy for me. Too. Yes. Yeah. I want you to channel every time those kids write with crayons on the wall. I want you to think about every single time they spilled their milk on the ground. I want you to think about all those times you wanted to pull your hair out and let it out on the road. Every single time they took a number two and left it on the seat. Every <laughs> single time. You know, and here's what we can do right now. We can do a little um, exercise. We can. Yeah. So uh, you want to give this a go? Are you in a safe space? Are you in a closet within uh, within a room? (laughs) I am in my office. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. So I'm your husband right now and you are in the passenger seat. And I'm the other car. All right. All right. We are at a four way stop. All right. Come on. Go. Go. The hell are you doing? Go. I, I, you know what? I'll go. This guy's just an idiot. Now, you know? now I'm going. Oh, he, now, I now he's going. Oh, for God's sake. You know, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Honestly, what's going on with just, these guys? Just stop right now. I mean, I can't even believe it. Why didn't they go? I just don't even right? understand. Can yeah. you even handle this? I can't handle this right now. Roll the window down. I'm but, reaching over. I'm honking uh, the horn. Uh, uh, Okay, uh, uh, you know, hon, um, actually, he he probably just didn't mean uh, to do that. You know, I mean, he he looks like he's he's a slow slower guy. Uh, he's in a an old Buick, so maybe you know his wife just died. Uh, yeah, well, he maybe be it, driving. Maybe Get him his, off the road, honey. Maybe his wife just died. We we should give him the the benefit of the doubt. You know, um, that was actually well, pretty good. Send her some flowers. Yeah, <laughs> oh, she's still going. <laughs> You're good at that. Yeah, I think that you got Man. your answer right here, right now. Yeah, you gotta double his energy. All right, all right. You know, I was really just kind of probably channeling some of the things that I've heard before. Yeah, Maybe it was just on the hard drive. Well, uh, how did that feel, by the way? Uh, my heart rate's up. Honestly, it was a little, it was a little stressful. I'm, a, I'm a very, I'm a very passive person, but it did feel. Part of it did feel a little good, okay. maybe because it's not real. <laughs> well, I I think that yeah, that that's good. I mean, you're so good. You could you could be an actress. You know, I can tell you got that in you. Yeah, maybe I missed my calling. Hey, maybe you still find it. And Charlie, maybe we missed our calling on being therapists. Maybe we did. I think Miles. we just made her feel better, and I think that she uh, dealt with some inner demons there in that moment. Yeah, I felt one come out. You know. And, and that's good. Get them demons out. Ah, well, what do, what do you yeah, think? You're going to try that garbage. approach? You, you guys gave me a lot of really good options. I think um, I will probably start with the uh, maybe the list making on the side and uh, get my son involved. So then maybe we'll maybe do more of like a an intervention. And if that doesn't work, then I know I've got a solid backup plan with just letting the rage out. All right. If you let that rage out, you got to film it the first time you do it and send it to us. I, I will, I would pay so much money to see that. Yeah. What the buckets is going on. <laughs> All yeah. right. Have your son film it. In the you back can hold seat. me to that. <laughs> there we go. All right. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for calling. And, uh, in. Hopefully, hopefully if you're in Sioux Falls, uh, you won't get cut off. <laughs> oh yeah, we're definitely not going to cut off any um, explorers, or was it expedition? No, no, expedition, <laughs> expedition. Same church, different 
car. Um, cool. Well, thank you for calling in and watch for deer. Tell your husband to watch for him too. You know, the last thing you want to do is swearing at a deer. Yeah, will do. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Well, Miles, we found it in there. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It was tough for me not to reveal I am somewhat of that husband at times. Why didn't you reveal that? Because I... Because then she would, you know, start yelling at me. Uh, But now this is an eye-opening experience for me. You know, thinking yeah. of how ridiculous I sound. Yeah. And all of that. So I mean, I know it's tough for a guy like you. I mean, you're five foot eleven. You wanted to be six foot your whole life. And um it's it's just tough to <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Should we take another call? Yeah, let's do it. Uh. Welcome to the Bellied Up Podcast. Who are we chit chatting with today? Oh my lord, um, I'm alive. My name's Paolo. You can call me Pow though. How you doing? Doing good, pal. Doing good, my guy. Big fan. Oh, hey. <laughs> Big fan, where are you today? Well, we're uh, at the VFW in downtown Fargo. If you want to stop by, where are you at? Well, I'm calling you from Washington, the state, the other Washington. Oh, Washington State. Well, I don't think you're going to make it over here today. Too far of a drive. Yeah. But uh, why don't you? Well, I'm ashamed to admit it to you, boys, but um, I actually am a Midwesterner. You're not going to like it. I'm from Chicago. Ah, pal. I'm surprised you're admitting that to us on this podcast, but we'll we'll let it slide. It's okay. We'll let it slide. Why don't you belly up to the... I have pride in where I'm from, you know. (laughs) Yeah, you can't help where you're from, but uh, Powell, why don't you belly up to the bar and let us know what's on your mind? Yeah, okay. Um, uh, well, I, uh, nice to be up at the bar with you boys. Um, uh, yeah, I got this new job like three months ago. That's what brought me out to Washington. And um, yeah, I have five employees. I've never been. I've never been a boss before. I've never had a, a single employee. And um, I'm I'm looking for some tips on how to navigate that experience. Um, don't want to come off as a hard ass, but also don't want to get walked all over. And um, you know, don't know even if it's appropriate to have a beer with some of them afterwards. Though. Some of them are pretty young. That's a tough one. And you're talking to both Miles and I. And uh, Miles is a better boss than I am. I'm pretty sure. Well, that depends on who you ask. You know, if you ask me, absolutely. If you yeah. ask my employees, I don't know if they'd say the same. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a tough one. I I've had a hard time with uh, figuring that whole situation out. Because yeah, you want to be the good guy, you want to be a, a fun guy, but at the end of the day, you know, that's just uh, multiple funguses and. Uh, I don't know where to go from there. So uh, my first question for you is what is what is your current approach? How are you currently approaching it? Well, I'm I'm pretty hands off. Um, um, So the thing is, it's kind of a unique job in that I have a, a bunch of bosses of my own, basically. But the main the main thing, the main goal since it's a youth oriented job is that people don't quit it's a job training program so i kind of i kind of they don't want to learn that day and i don't really push them too hard to do it because it's, we work outside and it's 
pretty darn cold right now. And if they're like feeling lazy, the last thing they need is someone chirping at them. So I'm pretty hands off. And like for, for, for some of them that works most of the time. Oh, you're saying it works most of the time? For some of them. I mean, I think we, you know, we're at like a level, but, um, um, but I feel like I'm not giving them what they need to get even better because it is job training. And, you know, I want to be like, I want to inspire them to like want to work harder, but, you know, no one really cares if they do work harder or not because we're a job training program. Yeah. So it sounds like the problem is, is you are leaning more to, on the side of trying to be buddies with them and they're not getting a lot of shit done. <laughs> Sometimes that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. His explicit goal is that they don't quit. So <laughs> I, I'm still confused. <laughs> yeah. You're a job training program. I don't get this. I'm. Uh, do, you, do you get exactly what they do? No. Yeah, it's, it's a little convoluted. It's a little complicated. So we we're with um we're with AmeriCorps. So they're they're conservation we're conservation corps. So I'm you know I'm beholden first and foremost to my um, government department, but then we contract with another government department. So they're just on for like 11 months of national service. Me, I'm I'm the permanent. So the Whatever shit always rolls on my, <laughs> it always goes um, uphill in this case. So it always lands on me. But for them, they, we just got to get them through eleven months to be compliant with their grant. Okay, but what? I'm gonna be honest. I'm more confused now than I was before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, why do you care if they if they quit? Like what? It sounds like the only person motivated for them to not quit is you. And I mean, do they? They don't get paid a lot in AmeriCorps. Right, it's is a stipend they or don't. something. Right, yeah, they they do okay, but it's not you know it's not better than they'd get paid at a restaurant or somewhere where they'd work a lot less. But um, uh, we're supposed to give out like a certain amount of um, scholarships at the end of the year, so it's you know it's a reflection on me essentially if we can't get them over the finish line, even though you know people got whatever they have going on and they quit for whatever reason, but. Yeah, that's, we, you know, we, our, my success is measured in people I get over that finish line. <laughs> well, that's pretty ass backwards, you know? So I think to, to kind of <laughs> go back to your question here, I think the first thing I'd say is you're not their friends, you're their boss. And you can hang out with them on the job site when you have them doing their job correctly, is what I would say. Kind of, I think you need to be more of a hard ass. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What are some hard ass tips, Miles? You sound like you got experience doing that. Um, you need to not give them any direction and then get mad when they do it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that one I'm actually pretty good at. You know, <laughs> I I, I, I gather, don't know what the hell I'm doing either. Yeah, I gathered that <laughs> because after you explained what you do, I was more confused. So you already got that box checked. <laughs> And I think I think if they ever complain about anything or ask you um, something, you know, this is a government deal. So I think you should just tell them, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country <laughs> and just keep repeating that. Fair enough. Well, I'll tell you the biggest headache. I kind of love it, to be honest, but it's they. I don't know what the hell they're talking. You know, some, someone on my crew is 
like I've I've got people who are teenagers working under me, and I have no idea what they're talking about. Oh, ninety percent of the time. So I think dropping platitudes like that is probably my best move. Yeah, I think using the the term punk a lot with the teenagers. You know, you think mm. you're some hot punk over there when I need you to be doing this instead. <laughs> now, hang on. I'm, I want to back it up just a little bit. Did you ever see The Dark Knight? <laughs> I, I promise this is going. Yeah. So, the beginning of Dark Knight, right, is the Joker has this whole crew robbing this bank. And as soon as someone finishes their t- job, they kill the guy and it gets all the way down till it's just the Joker at the top of it. So. You are in this deal where they they are giving you the directive. You need to not let anyone quit. My question is, does your boss have the same directive? And should you be telling should you be threatening your boss that you're going to (laughs) quit? And so and tell them that I got to keep these people happy. So then you can have your boss working for you, because if you quit, your boss is going to get the axe. Um, uh, yeah, if only, if only it were, because my boss, their employees are, you know, folks relying on, on an income that, you know, like I can have this job for the rest of my life if I wanted to. So I kind of got to, got to kiss butt up the ladder, but it's so, just a lot of, it's a lot of learning the right way to ask for things. <laughs> so what are you worried about? If they're not going to fire you, what are you worried about? Why do you care what happens? Well, then... Well, I'm probationary employee still for another several months. So if I lose folks, I might get fired. You know, they can just they can for the next six months without bringing uh, without bringing in um, uh, the union, they can just say adios. You know, thanks for the memories. Okay, so there you go. You got six months of purgatory where you're gonna kind of need to figure it out, and then you don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, for the next six months, just tell your people to like show up if they wanna, and they won't get fired. And then what? I mean, there's no. <laughs> There's no, there's nothing they need to do, right? That's true. I mean, they're expected to, they're expected to build trails for 10 hours a day, but you know, if they don't, then I guess who cares? <laughs> there we I, go. I, I guess that's now the, you're I, starting I to sound like job. a government employee, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. now you're starting to get it. What, what's confusing us is there's no actual incentive here for anyone to actually uh, work aside for the goodwill of it all. And uh, so, you know, and people who join AmeriCorps are doing it because they're like, you know, they're uh, they want to do some good. So I would say let them do some good. And if they don't, who cares? There's no incentive anyway. So congratulations, man. You win. I, mean, I think you unlocked the cheat code. I think you did it. Yeah. Care less. That's our that's our advice to you. Yeah. You need to do less. Honestly. And that oh, is why enough. the DMV I told me that years ago. <laughs> I know. Hey, you know, they get the job done, all right? <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah. a couple of years. Now, you just want to make sure that everything you're telling us is true because you don't want to have somewhere in the fine print that you need to have like 100 miles of trail bushwhacked and you're looking at just a big old forest with a month left, you know? <laughs> That's going to be a lot of blisters. Well, I got to report. I got to report it. <laughs> yeah, I would just say if, if yeah, no, I got to report it on the weekly. How much trail you? How much trail are you supposed to cut? Oh, that we say it's quality over quantity. I don't know if everyone <laughs> agrees, but I mean, we got we got about last week we got about fifteen feet, but you know it was it was like all it was all rocks. 
So when you're moving rocks, it's kind of, you know, you're moving in. I, I, this is great. So there is no metric, Charlie. <laughs> so you, in your reports, you need to start <laughs> listing things like we ran into a bear. We had to halt operations. That's true. You're in the wild, my guy. Anything can happen. We were expecting lighter rocks and we experienced heavier rocks. So that <laughs> took a lot longer. Also, also, did you say last week, 15 feet? How many people do you have on your team and how many hours? I just want to pull out my little calculator here just to <laughs> just to give you uh some all right metric. it was a little more than 15 feet oh how, how <laughs> much how, how we, little more i think we did we did 80 80 foot we, we also we had two structures it was 80 it was 80 new feet and it was two structures and then we shut down a you know some, we shut down some some slots too because we we're making a, a reroute you're doing it perfectly, man. We're your, we're acting like your bosses right now, and you are inventing things that you found when you realized <laughs> I'm sniffing through your BS. Yeah, keep talking about structures. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. You're doing good, man. You just uh, keep the lies going on your end, and then just keep the people from quitting for six <laughs> months on their end. And you know, by the end of six months, the the twenty of you or how many ever on your team, you guys should have at least like. 120 yeah. feet uh, of trail and and quality trail, <laughs> quality, quality trail. trail. Yeah, yeah. That one, one good foot is worth a good mile, huh? Yeah. Hey. Sure. Uh, the that road sounds good. Keep saying stuff like that to yeah. your bosses. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I would also start blaming a lot of stuff on machinery. I don't know what kind of machinery you guys are working with, but just, I mean, machines are always breaking down, mm-hmm. and then you can always be like. You know, to make it look like you're really trying to do more, say we need we need a new chainsaw. You know, if my guys have been battling that, it breaks down every other day. And then when they get you a new chainsaw, then you have another. You switch to a different mach- piece of machinery, and then basically by the end, because you guys aren't doing anything, uh, you're just gonna have a bunch of new tools that you don't use, and you can flip that on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist. A thousand percent. Get a little side hustle. I like it. We're talking retirement plan here. Yeah. Ask not what you can do for your country. Ask how you can screw them out of their money. Also, here's the other thing. Are your bosses coming out to check the progress of these trails? I'm gonna say yeah, no. Well, it depends. You know, my my like actual boss will come out. You know, maybe once every two months, but the agency that contracts us, I see them all the freaking time. Oh, they're out there. They're out there at least once a week. So yeah, you're just if they show up, you're just gonna need to look busy. You aren't gonna be doing anything. Lots of walking (laughs) back and forth, frowning. I've said that on this podcast. You need to frown a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, if you, if you do a, if you actually tell your guys, you're going to blow up on them when that agency comes by, if you get mad at one of your employees and blow up on them, they're going to know that you're trying hard people who don't care. (laughs) They don't get mad, you know? So if you're getting mad, they're like, God, he's really pushing these guys. You know, it's amazing. They were, it's actually amazing that they were able to get 80 feet done in a week. Yeah, they'll be impressed with your lack of progress. So I'm going to be honest. I want to put it in perspective a little bit how little 80 feet is. That's not even one full basketball court. It's not? No. A basketball (laughs) court is 94 feet, I believe. How do you know that? Because I play basketball. Oh. Oh, you're a... 
Well, the coach would always be like, we got to cover all 94 feet. You know? <laughs> That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys haven't even done a basketball court worth of trail work in a week. And I respect that. Well, you know, that's like hard. I feel like that's hard to do. Uh, I don't know a ton about building trails, but I feel like it's hard to do that little amount in that long a time. (laughs) Come on, Miles, you're killing me. And you said it's cold out. Bust their asses out there, right? (laughs) You're in Washington, and it's cold out. Well, you know, it's it's all it's all relative. It's what they're complaining about, anyways. But it's wet. It's it's just you know you're sitting there getting pissed on for ten hours a day. It's demoralized. You know, wet socks is not fun. Uh, but it's not like you know it's not freezing. It was too high. We were staying outside for the whole you know the whole ten hours, but it's uh, wet. I got a solution for that. Okay, so this this is a, a Midwest uh, secret here. What you're gonna want to do is start saving your bread bags. And bring some duct tape. And this is a little morale booster for the team. You say, hey, team, I know you guys have been dealing with wet feet. No one likes soggy toes. So these bread bags, I'm going to put them on each of your feet and I'm going to duct tape them around your socks. You are not you are going to have some dry, probably some really sweaty feet, but uh, they'll be dry. Well, they won't if they're sweaty. Well, they, you get the sweat wicking socks. <laughs> yeah. Get yourself some marine wool socks. Have the government pay for that since they're clearly not. Uh, they're, they're, they don't care. So. so and the other thing is, is you do that with the guys to keep them happy. And then your bosses, you tell them you're be- dealing with bad cases of trench foot. Mm-hmm. You know, I got three guys <laughs> down this week. We could have got another 80 feet, but we only got 40 this week because I got three guys down with trench foot. <laughs> and then tell them how bad that is. Say that's not even half a basketball yeah. court. Google the worst case of trench foot ever and show it to them and say, that's the guy. <laughs> that's what that's what the guy. Yeah, just wash out the watermark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get, Getty images. That's the plan, Miles. <laughs> I, like, I, like, I like this plan. Yeah, it's well, you know we'll get at least we'll we'll raise our bread bag budget by showing that off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the it's not about being a better boss; it's about appearing like you're a better boss, and that's all that matters, especially in the work you're doing. Fair enough, I appreciate it. Hey, I'm just wanted to throw out there. I uh, I just touched a forklift for the first time in my life, and apparently, I am now forklift certified yes. as far as my government's concerned. Yes, congratulations. You are. Yes, you are. Now, I don't know why you're using a <laughs> forklift out in the woods, but I'm very confused at what you do for a living. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I am either. I just got an email one day saying you're getting forklift certified next week. I showed up for two hours and I, I I used the forklift for the first time and they're like congratulations yesterday they asked for my personal ID number <laughs> in the official database. We're very proud of you here. I'm glad the guy who's working in Thank the you. woods all day is now forklift certified. <laughs> that's money. That's government money well yeah, spent. Yeah, it is. You it know? is. Well, we're looking forward to paying taxes soon here. So. Um, we, we're, we're going to be funding that certification process. We like to think anyway. Well, man, we appreciate well, calling appreciate in. It. I think you already got it figured out. So yeah, just, you know, just look angry all the time and bring bread bags. I like it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling in, man. Good luck on the next 80 yeah, feet. Tell your folks this is high. Watch for bears out there. Yeah. You ask for deer. I will. Bye-bye. Miles. 
really. And I think there's a lot of workplaces that take that mentality. I'm going to be honest. Oh, a thousand percent. I'm just trying not to get fired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, but that sounds honestly like some fun work. They're just outside all the time. You know, no pressure, <laughs> no pressure at all. Cutting trails. Yeah, they show up. Well, you guys feel like maybe hacking down a couple trees today. They're like, yeah. And they're like, all right, we'll do one tree before lunch <laughs> and we'll do one tree after lunch and then we'll call her a day. You know, I actually, when you bring trees into the mix, that that can be a process, you know, so and that's what we should have told them to say. You know, it's a process. So we should have said, you're right. Well, should we take another caller? Yeah, let's do it. Folks, Nicolay Law Offices, that is your Midwest lawyer, okay? If you've been injured or hurt in some sort of car accident or something like that, call Nicolay. These are guys who get you. They're guys who are, when they pick up the phone, they're probably wearing the same thing you are, all right? They are from the North Woods. You can see it right there in the billboard and in the, the, the sunglasses that Russell's wearing. It's just a bunch of trees. And they're going to shoot you straight, too, Charlie. They're going to give you all that lawyer jargon no. and make you more confused by talking to your lawyer. I've had that happen before. Not with these guys. No, no, they're they're doing you good. So give them a call, one eight five five nicolay The T is silent. Yeah, it so is. It's, not, it's N-I-C-O-L-E-T. Nicolette. If you want the phonetic. And spelling. if you forget the number, you can find it on any billboard across North Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Everywhere. Yeah, you'll figure it out. Welcome to the Bellied Up Podcast. Who are we talking to? Good afternoon, guys. It's Carlene. Carlene, what's going on today? Oh, nothing much. I actually, we talked back in uh, February about the whole uh, getting parents off your back about babies. So I oh. thought I'd give you an update. Okay. Wait, is this the Carlene who called in who saw her folks for doing all doing the nasty on the uh on the balcony? Oh yeah. You oh. remember. Oh, we remember. How could we forget? How, How could, could we, we forget? forget? My sister says hi, right? by the way. Well, hello to the sister, to the whole fam bam. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, here we go. Let's remind the listeners. Let us know what we talked about last time, and let's get into your update. Okay. So last time uh, when we talked, uh, I was getting irritated that the parents, friends, families were always like, oh, why don't you have kids? Because I'm now 38, still single, no kids. And it's a constant, no matter where you go, everyone's like, why are you married? Why don't you have kids? And so I was asking for help of how to get the parents off the back of wanting to have kids. Um, So literally a month after the call, found out that my brother and sister-in-law were pregnant. So they finally had a baby in November. Congratulations. So that's where we are right now. Yeah. So that doesn't help your cause at all. Well, actually it did. So now since I've been home and since all the attention is on the baby, I've gotten nothing. It's been awesome. Is there been... So no one's like... um, Yeah. Has there been snarky comments like, well, at least someone had a kid, I guess. You know, I guess we got to give up on the other one. You know what? Probably close. Like at least now we're finally grandparents or 
uh, you know, friends of the family would be like, oh, congratulations, you finally made it as grandparents. But I was like, honestly, as long as they're not on my back, I don't mind those as much. But there's definitely some comments once in a while. Well, this all sounds like a big win. I mean, do you have any problems with this? Are there any issues? Um. Well, now I don't get any Christmas presents. <laughs> yeah, you're so thirty eight. Everything goes to the. You're thirty eight. Everything goes to the grandkid. You're thirty eight. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't need the Christmas presents. The only Christmas present you should be getting at thirty eight is either from your kids or your husband. <laughs> Way to turn that one around. I know. Dang. Now I sound I like her parents. Too, huh? Yeah, you. It, you know what? I'm starting to get on the parent side here. A lot of present talk out of you, but not a lot of baby talk. That was the only negative I can think of. Okay. Well, here's that another. I can come up with. Yeah, here's another question for you. Is there any movement on the finding a significant other or on the baby front? Oh, good question. So I'm back out in California because before when we talked I was in Florida living in North Carolina so I'm settled out here and went back um out on the dating naps and all that so I've been on five dates within the last month congratulations so definitely trial and error thank you Is but a- none of <laughs> them have really panned out has there been any practicing for children going on do you have a baby on the way you'd like to announce now no, I do not have a baby on the way. <laughs> that you know Thank of, God. Yes. Not yet. That I know of. <laughs> so you're just out so there. Now, all has been good. How's how's dating in California? Um, I feel like it's the same everywhere. It's kind of, it's just trying to get people off the phone or apps and just meeting in person. And I feel like people just want to do the same old, uh, hey, how are you doing? or ghosting and it takes forever to get someone to meet, you know, face to face. But I don't know. I I'm guessing it was the holidays. People are feeling lonely and people wanted to meet face to face. So maybe that's why there were so many meetups. And now that it's, I'm not sure now that it's January when we record this, they're like, I got to get off the dating apps as my new year's resolution. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. They'll be back. Give it a couple weeks. Yeah. They'll get bored. You think that's what it is? Why go. they're why they're just messaging is just people are bored at work and they're like, oh, I'll throw a few messages here. Is that it? Maybe I honestly don't know. It's it's difficult modern dating, and that's all I know. It's hard to like meet people in real life. You know, like just out in public, no one really like approaches each other. Okay, tell us what is the toughest part about dating in the modern day. I would say if you're on the app, getting someone to meet in person, because I feel like you find out a lot about the person when you're face to face. You can't hide behind a phone or like, you know, you can find out a tone about someone. Um, So I think that's the hardest thing. The second hardest thing is if you feel like you're having a connection and then you just get ghosted or someone just drops off and you're like, what is what just happened? So I would say those two things are the hardest and then trying to like get back out there being like, okay, forget about that. Let's move on to the next one. When you're actually on the date, what are your three pet pay? What are your three top? 
I can't talk. Whoa, I can't Charlie's talk. Charlie's having a stroke. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Call a doctor. My, my, uh, I'm just rebooting my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Got the little circle Here, of death take a going. Drink of that beer. All right, little beer. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> oh, now he's level. What are your top there three? We go. What are your top three pet peeves when you're out on a first date? Oh, um, I think when someone just talks about themselves and doesn't ask questions when it's always like one sided, that's probably one. Um, oh, I don't know. I can't, I don't really have that many, I guess. Is but there... that's definitely number one. It's like trying to get a conversation going. And if someone's just like always talking about themselves, you're like, well, you got any questions for me? <laughs> like, do, yeah. The, uh, do you have any irrational red flag? So we had a guy call in and said that armpit hair is a, on a girl is a big no-go for him. Do you have an irrational red flag that's kind of not very common, but when you see it, you run the other way? Um, I would say, like, well, I guess one of the most annoying things that I get is, uh, well, why are you single? I feel like you'd be taken a long time ago. It's kind of like a insult in a way, too. <laughs> So yeah. when people repeatedly yeah. say that, you're like, okay. Yeah. That is that is just mean. But for scientific purposes, why are you still single? <laughs> this is strictly I, for data. Well, I could go with Amber. For data, uh, I just don't settle just to like have a relationship. Like you got to really connect with someone. So I'm not just going to go with someone just because it's convenient. Yeah. What's the point of that? Or, uh, yeah, just because everyone else puts pressure on you or whatnot. But I was I I went on two dates with one guy, and after the second date, he asked to be exclusive right away, and that kind of threw me off. Ooh. I was like, no. How many dates? Well, <laughs> that's quick, isn't it? How many? Well, that's a good question. How many dates is appropriate to go on with somebody before you can even have the conversation of being exclusive? You know, I would I would give it more, not even the amount of dates, but just like uh, like at least a month or two, because you could have two dates within a week or within two weeks. But just like, you know, talking to someone and going out on dates and like maybe a month or two might be more appropriate. But this one was on like this was 12 days. You you are <laughs> you are 38, though. So at 38 I know, years I old, probably just screw it, huh? at 38 years old, one week is like three months for a 21 year old, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. I'm checking this math. Okay. Okay. So you're starting to maybe, okay, that's good. That's good. Charlie, do you agree? You're almost 38. I First of all, Miles, I'm 36. Second of all, time does move faster as you get older. So that is an interesting philosophy there. I really don't know. Uh, it's kind of a weird... I mean, I agree with you. It's kind of this weird connection issue. You got a connection, you don't. Um, why... Why you just? How old was the guy who asked you to... Um, to whatever after 12 days as you'd be exclusive after 12 days how old was he that's a great question because i was just gonna say he was 29 mm-hmm. that might make sense so, he yeah he fell hard for yeah. you well i think you need to realize <laughs> that his parents are on him about having kids and he, he knows that you're 38 years old he's like i gotta lock this up pretty quick i know i'm young but you know 
there's only so many years left. So maybe that was his approach. Maybe, but also he can't have kids. So that was a conversation that came up really early that he brought on. So he, he made it clear just because knowing our age difference. Hey. So now what do you do about that? Hey, that's actually, I think you're perfect guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That ends that all the ends questions. Every question, every conversation about it with your parents. He can have kids. And then they're going to be like, okay, yeah. I guess that's the end of that. What do you think of that? Idea? Yeah. Uh, well, if there was more dating, I probably would have went on with it, but uh, it didn't end so good. So we don't talk anymore. <laughs> oh, did you ghost him? I did not. I did not. You just said you're freaking me out. Um, you're moving a, too fast. Yeah, I said, what's the rush on this uh, to be exclusive? Because he's leaving in April anyway to travel for three months. And I was like, then why are you even on the dating apps or whatever? But that's fine. Open dating. And essentially, you wanted to be exclusive and then call it quits by the time he went overseas. And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. That's <laughs> so I was just really truthful. Like, oh, my strange. God. Yeah, very that's that, you were right to right? Get, get that one going. What if you're on a first date with someone and they put their phone right on the table face up? Is that a red flag? For me, the phone on the table doesn't bother me. It's if you like constantly look at it or pick up like i prefer no phones around at all but it doesn't bother me if it's on the table yeah okay all right. but no it's not a red flag all right just curious all right one last update question how many times okay. since february have you seen your parents doing it <laughs> none so that was just just that one time. Nothing, not even school. like maybe a little action underneath the table at Thanksgiving. Nothing. There was nothing at Thanksgiving. Everything was kosher. Everyone was well behaved. Okay. That's <laughs> so good. no, zero. How often do you as a family <laughs> talk about the time you saw your folks doing it on the on the porch? Uh, not as much. I think if my brother and I get together, we're like, hey, remember that one time? <laughs> and that's about it. Remember but that? that's like rare. Now that the, yeah. Yeah, now that your so, brother's. Not very much anymore. Yeah. That that one night, that beautiful full moon night. <laughs> well, um, yep. it's, it's just good. And you got no. Uh, Go to a bar. Stop! Stop! Go with, to a bar. Stop with the apps. Go meet someone in person. You said the hardest part about meeting people on the apps is seeing them in person. Skip that whole part altogether and go meet someone in person. Laying the hammer you know, down. I've been Miles. out quite a. Yeah, but Miles, I've been out and about, and I actually do approach, and I don't know if that's the thing that's the turnoff, but I try on my end. So, but what? then I don't get approached. So I've definitely been out and about. You don't get approached. Are you going to bars and sitting alone at the at the actual counter? I have, like, especially when I was traveling so much to, for work, I would have to go out to eat and everything by myself. So that was like 12 years of doing that. Okay. So what is your demeanor when you're out and about? I mean, I'm just sitting at the bar, talking with the bartender and anyone like that's around me as I'm like eating and having a drink or two. 
So I feel like it's pretty open and approachable and there's See, no one around. Like, you know, there's usually spaces open. That's the problem. That is, this is going to be very counterintuitive and I would not tell many other people, but you're 38 and we got to figure this out quick. And so we're going to try every single option out there. I want you to take the opposite approach. I want you to become unapproachable. Nothing like a good challenge gets a guy more horned up than someone who seems like they don't want to talk to you. I hate to say it, but Miles is right. I want you to look. Yeah. And even if you can look even a little upset, maybe distressed, nothing like a damsel in distress that gets a guy going more than that. So be a little standoffish. Oh, boy. Yeah. Seem a little distressed. Act like you don't have the time of day for guys. And honestly, that might work out. You know, Miles, I'm thinking about this. We have so many singles calling in this podcast looking for ways to attract uh, attract other Midwest folks. And we have people calling in to buy, sell, and trade stuff. I think we should create uh, an app or a meetup, you know, uh, for Midwest buy, sell, trade, and date. Yeah. Every time we do a recording, we, we have a social mixer going on in the background. That would be good. It's for single-bellied up there listeners to meet each other. Yeah. Because then they have something to talk about. You know, they can be like in the background, they're like, these guys are fucking idiots. Mm-hmm. Do you listen to that shit? Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> she told this girl to be a total B-I-T-C-H to everyone at the bar. Can you believe that? What an idiot. And you have a good icebreaker, too, because you may not be comfortable going somewhere to just meet someone. So just bring your old snowblower along with, and that's a good conversation starter. You know, I'm looking to buy, sell, or trade. How about I trade you this snowblower for a date? Seems like a pretty... Oh, boy. Yeah. Charlie, we could do a whole episode of speed dating going on in the background and we interview people beforehand and then the ones that do end up liking each other we sit them down and interview them that way that, that would, would be, be good that would be really good and we could get their yeah. red flags so, out right so, away yeah. so what do you like about sharon and then whatever and then what don't you like yeah and, and then, then we can work it out there on the and podcast I, I don't know about trading a snowblower for a date isn't that something else <laughs> Oh, that's not prostitution. Come on now. What'd you call it? A snow what? Snowblower. A snowblower. Yeah, it, it quite literally is a snowblower. Yeah. She's doing a little play Instead on words there. Snowblower. You mean you could do both. It's not going to work well. Yeah. well. Or it will. Whatever. Yeah. That's a great pickup line. Yeah. 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 It looks. You want a snowblower or a snowplower? I see. Yeah. We just snowed out. You need me to come over and snow plower or snow blower. There it is. There it is. See? There. Uh, would that line work on you? Yeah. I would giggle. Not going to lie. That's a yes. All right. We got we to gotta figure out a way to get a, a speed dating bellied up episode where we talk and do the episode. And then in, at the end of it, we interview the happy new couples. I think the live show aspect needs to happen. This is it. Well, perfect. Uh, any- uh, yeah. If we do a live bellied up, it just, you have to confirm that you are single and make it so that everyone there can then mingle. That would be good. There you go. Well, any stones we You guys lo- are onto it. We are. Hey, we're just spitballing here over at the VFW. Yeah. Any stones we left unturned? 
No, I think you got it, guys. You know, just we'll just keep doing our best. Just no. just try it once. Try being standoffish and unapproachable at a bar and see what happens. And make sure you bring your snowblower okay. with you. Okay, I'll do, I'll do that. Yeah. All right. Well, I will thanks, try it out. Thanks for calling in again. This was great. Thanks for the update. And uh, tell your good folks luck. we says hi. <laughs> Will do. Thank make, you, make guys. Sure you, make sure you knock first, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, always. Yeah. You, got, you can't just, yeah. Not, knock, knock on first. the balcony before you walk <laughs> up there. Knock, wait 15 seconds, knock, wait 15 <laughs> seconds, knock again, <laughs> then ask if anyone, if everyone's clothed, and then walk in. There you go. Good rule. <laughs> All right. Thanks for calling in. All right. Have a good one, guys. Bye-bye. <sighs> Another job well done. I just, yeah. I we, do think we got to do this live thing more. We do got to figure it out. We, I mean, it's just you and me and, you know, we just need a logistics guy to make it happen. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I'm excited for yeah, it. Yeah, we're though. idea guys. We're not going to implement all no, the time. We're you know? not. We're not. We're light on the execution. But ideas we have. Mm-hmm. Sure, shoot, do. Well, Charlie, I think that's another good episode of the Belly It Up podcast. I think you're right, Miles. It was a pleasure sitting here with you today. Uh, folks, make sure you get over to the Fargo VFW. Have yourself a drink. And don't forget to tip your bartender. See you in the next one. Love you guys.